0: Welcome to the Tactical Breakdown Podcast. On today's episode, we're talking about the future of law enforcement training. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Tactical Breakdown Podcast on the Islet Network,
1: your number one resource for law enforcement training. Here is your host, Adam Kanakin.
0: All right, welcome back to Tactical Breakdown. This is the podcast if you are in law enforcement as a trainer, as an instructor, whether you're in scope, out of scope, um, even for every officer, you know, we have, there's a ton of content on here that is just designed for everyone. And hopefully you're able to pull some actionable and relevant information out of this training for your own personal use. And if you are finding the information actionable and relevant, please consider subscribing to the podcast or following the podcast on your favorite podcast player. Uh, Really helps us out when we approach different groups to to jump on and support ILET from a monetary perspective. And um, even if you have a second, go and leave a review of the podcast. Let us know what you honestly think about it and I will respond to each and every review that's put out there. Because I just appreciate it so much what you guys are doing and supporting us here at the podcast. So thank you for that. Today's episode is a conversation that I had with Scott Burmaster. And Scott is the current CEO of Calibre Press. Uh, If you don't know about Caliber Press, I don't know what rock you've been hiding under, but um, they're a world leader when it comes to law enforcement training. They have just a phenomenal cadre of instructors. Uh, many of which who I'm sure you've either written an art, uh, read an article from or taken training from or at least have been exposed to either the books or some of the publications that they've put out. It is absolutely phenomenal training. And if you haven't checked them out already, caliberpress.com, go check them out. Links will be in the show notes for this episode as well. And this was a conversation that Scott and I had at the Aelita Conference and um, was just a was a follow-up conversation to something that we did early in the year um, which was a private town hall with a a bunch of fellow instructors talking about this very topic so hopefully um, you'll find it interesting I know I sure did and uh, let's just jump right into the episode here we go Hey everyone, Adam Kanakin here with Ilet Network, sitting at the 2021 Ileta Conference here in St. Louis. With me, my good friend Scott Burmaster from Caliber Press. Scott, thanks for joining me, brother. Thanks
1: for having me, Adam. Really an honor to be here.
0: You know what? We've we've done a lot of stuff together in the last couple of years. Um, yeah. You know, you've been on. It's not your first time on the podcast, right? And uh, it's our first time though sitting down face to face and actually having a conversation, That's which right. is. It, Thank God. <laughs> yeah, I'm
1: with you. <laughs> you, Amen, know? Brother. <laughs> yeah.
0: you know, like, let's just forget the last 12 months happened. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm excited. And we had, a in January, I hosted a kind of a closed panel roundtable um, with about 20 or 30 so instructors, top instructors in the world, a lot of Alita members, um, and we had a really real in-depth conversation on the future of law enforcement training, what this pandemic has meant. Um, and uh, why don't we pick up from, from there and, and just continue that conversation?
1: Good, well I think, I think what you just said is really really pretty impactful. And that was forget the last 12 months even happened and first thing I'm on board with that, uh, you know personally and, and professionally as well. However, I think one of the things that's really struck me as we're hopefully getting out of the smoke here is that as counterintuitive as this sounds, I think that there are opportunities for law enforcement training and for law enforcement officers and agencies that are coming out of this that would have never happened had we not met this adversity. Mm -hmm. We as a company are are an in-person training company. That's what we do. We've been doing that for 41 years. We love it. Others seem to love it, always have, and that, that dynamic is just really what we've built ourselves on. Suddenly, a year ago, there was an immediate and dramatic paradigm shift. I mean, just skull rattling, boom, that was it. No more in-person anything. So for us, we had two things to do, curl up or look at the online opportunity and figure out how are we going to get into that? How are we going to identify the appropriate technologies that'll help you know, help us be as robust as we need to be, as interactive as we need to be without being face to face. And that was really quite a paradigm shift for us in many ways.
0: Yeah, I remember that first phone conversation we had and you were like, I don't know what I'm gonna do here. <laughs> like, yeah. like, hey, yeah. like, like, I may need to call you and pick your brain on some stuff because yeah. it, was, it was kind of a weird juxtaposition um, in how we went, like what I did with ILET and, and we, cause we started online, right? And we started online and it wasn't, it was funny because I, I know you and I have had this conversation, but you know, a lot of people don't know. Um, the conversation for the ILET summit, the international law enforcement training summit that we rolled out started late 2019, January, 2021, where we're having conversations and I'm like, Hey, I want to put together this international conference um, and get everybody access to it. So I want to kind of do it online. And it was funny because I remember a conversation. You go, well, you're like, do you really think you could get that many people online? And I'm like, I don't know, but we could try. And we set yeah. all this framework out, and then March hits, and we're like, oh shit. And it's like, well, guess we're going to make this happen now yeah. and and i don't want to to you know uh, undercut the amount of work that you know our team did and, and all the instructors put in to make that thing happen but it was kind of like we we were at the right place in the right time but it also allowed us to help showcase the collaborative nature of our industry that wasn't really being pushed prior to this year Right. You you know that better than anybody. A
1: hundred percent. And that's so true. And I'll tell you that isn't that the core of law enforcement? You know, you do have your own sort of personal mission, your professional mission, you know, very individualized. But at the same time, when it really hits, it's law enforcement that groups up and really goes after it. And I've had more. You unbelievable. I mean, you you were. I Maybe mean, you set this pandemic up, dude. I have no idea. But the, I mean, you were, you were literally- Please don't start yeah, that well conversation. I'm you right now, but yeah. if you are, it's gonna be a long day. But the point is, is that you're absolutely right. Once, you know, once there've been some tickling, and we'd also at Caliber been talking about that. I mean, when I came on with Caliber, one of the first initiatives was to discuss going online. But with so much going on, that's a tough transition. And also when you're, when you're, you're kind of your matrix is set up to be in person you're forcing yourself into a painful and kind of time-consuming change. That's not necessarily something you, anybody really wants to do, but you kind of know you need to. Then when the, the universe forces you to do that, it's huge. People helped each other though. You were giving me advice. I mean, you know, I was sharing with other people. We tried this, it didn't work. You know, there's, there was a certain, certain survival mentality that started to surface to say, look, I've got these resources, you don't, or I have this idea, you don't, or you have an idea. We're going to help each other survive, because at the end of the day, if none of us are around, law enforcement, I mean, I need to say this, but law enforcement is just in a state of horrific pressure. We'll say that. I mean, it's just a, a crazy understatement. And if we don't have trainers and, and training companies and organizations and all that trying to support these men and women out there, it's going to be a nightmare. And none of us can sleep knowing that's going to happen. So when they're kind of, when the universe comes after us and we bulk up, there's more of a chance that we're going to help pull each other through. Certainly competition from a business standpoint is necessary, not only just to, you know, certainly from a money standpoint, but the bigger thing is to, you know, quality standpoint. You're always raising your bar depending on who's new or who's coming up with new stuff. That's really important to law enforcement. But the reality is if you're not grouping up in a real shitstorm, things can can fall apart and you're going to lose people. And we don't want to do that.
0: Yeah, and I think the core component of that was relationships, right? 100%. The fact that hey, I can pick up the phone, I can talk to you. I can pick up the phone, I can talk to a Biluinski. I can pick up the phone, I can talk to a Lon Bartel with Virtua. I can Tony Blauer, whoever it is, and it's hey, what are you guys doing? Cool. Hey, I, you know, I have an idea, and they go, yeah, we tried that last week. It didn't work. So either it's like either it was like a don't do it or if you are going to do it, here's what we did wrong. So here's what you could do. it. So potentially you could do it successfully. Um, and that would never happen if we didn't have those relationships built. Yes. You know, the pandemic hit and we were sitting there and I know and I know, you know, organizations and companies that have gone under in the last year. Um, and they're great. And the, the instructors are great. And it was just that the business model itself was not set up for what happened, Um, which from a business perspective is is interesting because that's a conversation that we have to start having is, hey, if you're going to be a a business owner and you're going to run this business and you're going to have staff that that you're responsible for their livelihood and and all these types of things there's a lot of stress and pressure that goes along with that and so do you have contingencies set up in place for your businesses and um and are you able to are you able to shift gears and go in a completely different direction do you have the leadership capability built within your organization to be able to make those quick and rapid changes like you guys were you know the I remember when everything shut down and you're like yeah we're we're going 100% like we're we're taking it and you guys shifted so quickly to the online and dumped all of your resources into it Um, and the beautiful thing about that and it was an interesting conversation I had with another gentleman just sitting here on the steps earlier and what happened was he was like yeah I can't wait we did some online stuff and I can't wait to get back to the in-person training and I said what are you doing with your online stuff well, I don't know. we probably won't do it. I'm like, you, why would you ever like you, you had to do that because of what happened. Now you're saying that you're going to take something that could potentially help you in the future. If this happens again and you're just going to discard it because it's not what you prefer to do. I don't always get to do what I prefer to do. I do what I have to do. And and I know you guys are the same way. Like, there's no way that Caliber is going back to in-person only.
1: No, they're not. And I'll tell you, I think that's for the betterment of law enforcement. Because in reality, we, well, so a couple of things. First thing, the immediate transition is definitely a nod to the, the, I'm going to plug the Caliber team. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, literally not one person wavered. There was not one weak link of the chain. Everybody was you know, terrified, for lack of a better term, and everybody just bunkered down and learned to do things they never knew how to do, and just unbelievable teamwork. I think when you're blessed to have a structure like that, your, your chances of survival are much better. Mm. That's a very good point you just made, in that you know, they say that adversity is one of the best catalysts to creative change, and usually that creative change is a positive one. I think for law enforcement, they now because of this pandemic as counterintuitive as it is are going to have not only people nothing will replace in person the dynamic is necessary law enforcement is a very communal you know pack orientation need to be that we need that dynamic but to be isolationist that's the only thing we do or you know there's no other opportunity for that from a budgetary standpoint personnel is you know hurting bad you know chiefs are looking to find other ways to train their people quickly and and in their entirety Online is the way to do that. So for us as a business, we're actually finding one of our largest challenges. In, in two days, we're going to have a very large meeting about this solely is to somehow merge the currents. So the, the kind of blended current is even stronger. The online division, which is now robust and can't be, can't, cannot be removed, it can't because it's been been that successful and that necessary. Then we do reintegrate in the in-classroom. Now you've got the perfect blended learning, not blended learning, but blended delivery system company that I think law enforcement really needs en masse.
0: Yeah, and this is something that we were talking about before we hit record on this. Um, Everybody here at Ailita are instructors. And everybody was like, "I can't wait to go back to in-person training because, as an instructor, you feed off of that that interaction, right?" There's there's a lot of really great instructors that have a very hard time sitting in front of a camera and and we're getting being recorded, Um, and so they're like, "I can't wait to go back to the way it was." And you know, I've had really hard discussions with people here already this week. It ain't going back to the way it was, fella. Like, it's not, I mean, there will be semblances of that for sure. Like, obviously, if you're a firearms instructor, you're going to be back at the range, right? I think one of the great things that happened and and complete sidetrack to my point that I'm about to make, um, I think it's actually, there's been a massive benefit to some of the, um, what's happened with the pandemic with the limiting of class sizes. We found, I know a lot of instructors that have said it has been amazing to, instead of having 20 people thrown in my class I have 8 because you have so much That's more one on one instruction yeah. with the student especially in firearms training right yeah. you, you have so much more one on one interaction and they feel like they can do a, a much more robust job at that transference of knowledge um, so they've really enjoyed that um, but you go into things aren't going back to normal you have agencies now that see well we spent last before the pandemic we would spend you know let's use simple numbers we before the pandemic we spent ten thousand dollars on one on this training course right and now in 2020 we spent one thousand dollars on the same training course because it was online and there was no cost of having instructor travel and you know or having to send officers out somewhere or whatever it was and they got the training online and now they're like okay, well why the f- heck would I ever go back to the other way because time and money are like the number one things when it comes to are we going to be getting training or not? Yeah. So um, now I think the conversation has to shift to how do we as training providers, and obviously you're a training provider, I'm more of a, a conduit of information. How do we start trying to interleave those two models together so that... What Caliber's doing is saying, hey, here's some stuff that you can take online. It's developed for you to make life easier for you. But now that's a precursor to getting in-class training and really tightening in on that content for your officers so they have the best training possible. And like you said, it's a hybrid model.
1: It really is. And you know, one of the things you're touching on is really, well, two things quickly. First thing, you're touching now on learning experience. And again, for law enforcement, that that interactivity, the dynamic of that as a student, you, you, you really, you can't beat it, you can't. If you're watching a television you know television movie, that's one thing. You're being educated, you're being informed, and you should be, I'm 100% for that. The, the in-person dynamic, which we've been asked about a lot now, when are we getting back, and people do want that. When you pull those together, You do, as you said, you've got more opportunity to get more training. That's exactly what the entire law enforcement community needs, the nation needs, we we need to do that. Secondarily, trainers, I mean, kudos to the guys who, our training team, they're the ones I can speak to. Mm. You're about to tell this guy who's dynamic and walks around and the whole deal, hey, I need you to sit here or stand here and look at that little black hole in the top of that computer and, and carry on for three hours. You're not going to hear anybody. You're not going to see anybody. Man, I mean, you talk about improvise, adapt, and overcome. Yet the best trainers, and during our talk with all the other trainers, we're touching on this. The best trainers are the ones who say, does this suck? Yeah, it does. But... I'm not gonna sit here and think that much about that. I'm gonna move forward, I'm gonna somehow pull myself through, and I think as a trainer, it actually improves your ability to deal with, we'll say, a different group. How about a group you can't see? How about a group you can't hear? You know, when you do see people in there, what are they like, what's the dynamic? You always hear instructors say that. That was a good class, why? A lot of feeling, a lot of activity, a lot of questions, or a lot of dead stares and all that. Mm -hmm. So I think though, trainers that have learned how to really maintain their persona, and maintain a high level of engagement while conducting online in a black hole, for lack of a better term, it's really extraordinary to watch these guys pull this off. And it's happening, I mean, you know, this whole hall has been full of people, you know, who are just giving it their all to try to continue to provide, you know, the quality training that we need.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's, that was the large, you know, I've done, we're actually gonna be putting out because there's been so many people still asking like, how do I record myself on video? How do I record myself on video? And I'll tell you what, I'm not an AV person. This was like, everything that everybody has seen has been self-taught. Like I'm lucky that I have some friends that are professional videographers, photographers. And I'm like, hey, I need to do this. They're like, okay, here's tip A, here's tip B, whatever. But now I can take that. And when I have conversations with instructors, we have, okay, here's how you can make yourself look the best. Here's how to give the best quality production. to whatever, to whatever it is that they have for equipment, right? Because the last thing we want to do is, you know, obviously if you have a production like Calibre produces very high level content. You have a production, you have cameras, you have audio equipment. Some people just have a, a, uh, a webcam on the top of their laptop and a set of headphones that came from their phone. Well, how do you make that look and sound good? And having those conversations, but it's like a way for them to learn... And it's like, and um, I had a conversation. Here's, a, here's an interesting side, side conversation of that. This instructor was like, when am I ever going to use this? Like, again, what, like, where, where is this relevant? And I said, Do you, well, you have a no business, right? He's like, yeah. I'm like, cool. Do you ever have any conversations with potential business partners or sponsors for your business or funding or people that you want to collaborate with? Well, yeah. Cool. So if you get on a Zoom call with them, and you can make yourself look extremely professional, like I know what the hell I'm talking about, and obviously I know how to make our company and present our company well. Do you think that's gonna help you or hurt you? And he's like, oh, well." Wow. I'm like, y- again, take out of context what, what we're doing. Yeah, we know that training online sucks. Like for, for the student, for the instructor, like it's just not, it's not ideal. But we have, I mean, I let network, we, had, we have like 78, 79 countries now that attend the training that we collaborate with, with you and with everybody else. Well, I ain't gonna be flying people in from 79 countries, (laughs) nor am I going traveling, like, you know what I mean? So we're giving officers access to information that they would never have otherwise. And not just internationally, in the United States alone, right? I have so many people email me like, thank you for doing that because maybe they don't know Calibre Press exists. If they're on the other side of the country and they've never heard of you, there's a ton of conversations I have that people don't even know Eilita exists, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. And you know, the other thing, it's almost like the advent of the internet when you think about it. I mean, that increased communication and availability of information, what, a million fold, right? It is kind of like that. And I think that if you can look at it as as an opportunity, and like you said, it's you use the word sucked, I use the word sucked, but you said actually something that makes more sense to me and that's, it's not ideal. Well, it doesn't have to suck. In the beginning, it could suck. And we, we heard some of the guys in the training where they're like, I hate this so much. You know, the, the, the classes suck and they're just terrible. Okay, understood. And again, it's not ideal, but if you do put in the effort to improve the engagement, the level of engagement, the communications, technology is gonna keep up with this thing. It is, I mean, technology's already advanced. The fact that you can afford now a camera that would have cost you twenty-five thousand dollars fifteen years ago, you know, they're, it's going to keep up because there's going to be market demand for that. Mm. Get on board with it, and I think your training and your training business overall will improve. And more than that, they're going to compete. And I think the, the real forward thinkers are going to—they are, are—they're on board with it now. But you know, I understand the angst of that. I mean, you know, I'm—I'm I'm, well, I'm fifty-five years old, right? So I, my first thought would not be, you know, hey, I'm nineteen and I know how to do. Every you know widget, I don't. Mm. I'm, I'm intrigued and compelled and understand the value of that, but it yeah. wouldn't be intuitive, you know. But it's becoming certainly way more intuitive now when you look at it from a business uh, perspective.
0: Yeah, it's there's so many oh, there's so many conversations that you could have from this. But one of the things that I really think about with the the competition that you had mentioned with business. The first, we had this, like, this was, I think, 2019 when you and I first kind of started talking. I was like, here's what I'm looking at doing. And you're like, well, what about this company? And I said, I'm like, yeah, I'm working with this company or this company. You're like, you know that they don't like work together really, right? And I'm like, they will with me. And you're like, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, because company A is putting out good training content for what they do. Company B is putting out good training content. Of course, law enforcement training companies are in direct conflict regardless. But if, you're, if all you do is train officers in the United States, is your company capable of providing training for 900,000-plus officers? And if the answer is no, then shut the hell up. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And there is, no Collaboration, com- yeah. there is no company in this country that can facilitate training for every officer. So why are you saying, well, I can't, we can't work with them because, well, why can't you? Why can't you? Why can't you be collaborative? I'm not saying you guys have to share, open your books up and be like, what are you doing? What are you doing? It's maybe there's a way we can collaborate on one specific course or one training module. Or maybe we can can co-host an in-person event and share costs because we just got our butts kicked the last 12 months. So now you have a handful of companies that pool their resources and host a live event and do it collaboratively it's
1: totally true and i've i've always believed that always and and i think that it is about partnership collaboration it is about competition because it drives but i i fully engage in, in the philosophy you just spelled out there it makes perfect sense and at the end of the day if we all step back that is to the improvement of the real underlying mission of all of us and that's to improve training to keep these officers safer more educated more successful and protected out there and i think that if you work together as a team, as you said, you don't have to open up your books, you don't have to say, hey, I have this great idea, you wanna take that? No, but I think if you look at something and say, is there a way that we could work together? If those conversations start like that, I've had more times where you talk to someone and say, oh, that's interesting, maybe, and the answer is, it's not gonna work, but we'll talk later. See it at ILEDA, you know, whatever. And then suddenly you start shifting these puzzle pieces. When they do fit together, they're strong. And I think that absolutely, this is what we should look for. And we've just seen it, as you talked about earlier, with all these trainers sharing information with each other and saying, dude, I tried this, don't. It didn't work. It was, uh, you know, it was, or some guy, I don't know what to buy. Should I spend ten, fifteen thousand dollars 15000 on this? No, 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 you can get something for 200 bucks at Best Buy. It'll work just as good. Don't worry about it. You know, don't waste your time and your money on this. That kind of thing to me. At the end of the day, you sleep better, mm. and really at the end of your life, you say, that was a fun ride, and I, I, I rode along with a lot of other people, so yeah. I love watching that.
0: Yeah, absolutely, I mean, and, and that's the thing, you'll, you'll see that here at Alita too, is that, that collaborative nature of training, and. The, the, and this has come up multiple times in conversations already, the humility that instructors here show, oh, yeah. right? Nobody walks around with a giant instructor, ma- master, <laughs> super master instructor, right, right. nobody does it because you get laughed out of the building. Yeah, yeah. Right? Oh,
1: 100%, yeah. Ego ego will block any opportunity so fast, it's just horrible. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it becomes laughable, so. It is,
0: right. it is. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to to sit down and join me, man. I love
1: it. Thank you for doing all you do, man. I got to say out loud, you are the most tireless, fiercely protective (laughs) person I've seen of of getting this information out. So uh, it's an honor. Believe me.
0: Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. We'll do it again soon. Sounds good. All right. right. Join the ILIT Network now. Go to ILIT.network. That's I-L-E-T.network.